Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And most recently, we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And last week, we concluded our study on the gifts found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, as I told you, and you want to write this down if you're taking notes, we'll certainly encourage you to do so. The gifts of the Spirit are found in three places in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in Romans chapter 12, And Ephesians chapter 4 all talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And so last week we concluded our study in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 on the gifts that are listed there. And this week, this morning, we pick up on our study in the gifts here in Romans chapter 12. Now, over the last several weeks, we've been emphasizing in detail to help you to understand that the gifts of the Spirit are not for your glory. As so many people think the gifts of the Spirit are, you know, for our glory so people can see how spiritual we are and how holy we are. You speak in tongues, ooh, you know, you're spiritual, you're holy, you know. That's not what the gifts are for. The Bible tells us what? That the gifts of the Spirit are for the building up and the edifying of the body of Christ. And so we should be using our gifts to bless each other, not for our own good, but for another's good. Using our gifts to bless each other, to be a blessing to one another, for the building up and the edifying of the body of Christ. The spiritual gifts are tools for the task, not something that we might enjoy for ourselves, but tools to build up others. Now, let me read you a little story that I found this past week that I think kind of illustrates my point. A carpenter's tools were holding a conference. The tools were holding the conference. And Brother Hammer presided. Several suggested he leave the meeting because he was too noisy. Replied the Hammer, if I have to leave this shop, Brother Screw must go also. You've got to turn him around again and again to get him to accomplish anything. Well, Brother Screw then spoke up. If you wish, I will leave. But Brother Plain must leave too. All his work is on the surface. His efforts have no depth. Well, to Brother Plain, he replied, Brother Rule will also have to withdraw, for he is always measuring folks as though he were the only one who was right. Well, Brother Rule then complained against Brother Sandpaper. You ought to leave too, because you're so rough and you're always rubbing people the wrong way. Well, in the midst of the discussion... In walked the carpenter of Nazareth. He had arrived to start his day's work. 
Putting on his apron, he went to the bench to make a pulpit from which to proclaim the gospel. He employed the hammer, the screw, the plane, the rule, the sandpaper, and all the other tools. Well, after the day's work, when the pulpit was finished, Brother Saul arose and he remarked, Brethren, I observe that all of us are workers together with the Lord. I think you get it. All of the gifts of the Spirit are given to the church that we might work together. To what end? To have a holy habitation for God to dwell in. That's the point of the gifts. Not that we might bring glory to ourselves and people will think you're so spiritual because you have certain gifts. But no, we're to use these gifts and these gifts should work together. That we, the Bible even says that we are a, we're living stones and we're to be fitly framed together. And so are our gifts to work together to build up the body of Christ that God might dwell and move and the church might be healthy. So all of the gifts are necessary. No one gift is better than another. Some people think tongues is the most spiritual gift and some people think these gifts are more spiritual than others. No, the Bible says all of the gifts are necessary. Well, this morning we draw from another list of the gifts found in Romans chapter 12, as I told you. And we're going to talk about this morning two more of the gifts the gift of giving and the gift of mercy. Now, let me just say if you're the first time visitor here, we are talking about giving this morning, but we never talk about giving at the, here at Calvary Chapel. Ever. You just happen to pick the day to come visit where we are talking about giving. But we never talk about giving. Okay, it's like, oh no, not another sermon on giving. Oh no, I'm gonna walk out of here feeling beat up and chided and manipulated because you know we're talking about giving. Well, if you're first time here, we rarely talk about giving. The only time we talk about giving and money is when we come to it as we go verse by verse through the scriptures. So you just happen to pick the day where we are going to be talking about giving. Amen? So just set you up and get you ready for that, all right? So this morning, two more gifts that we're going to talk about, the gift of giving and the gift of mercy in your Bibles, Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. If you're there, saints, say amen. Amen. Oh, that was weak. If you're there, say amen. amen. Much better for Paul the Apostle writing. In verse 3, he says, for I say... Through the grace given to me, to everyone who was among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now, you know, everybody knows people who think they're all that. You know people who think they're all that in a bag of chips, man. You you know what I mean? The Bible says, look, don't think you're not all that. Don't think, you you know, that's another sermon, wasn't it? I can't get into that right now. But how are you to think? Well, look, it says to think soberly as God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Don't hide them. Don't tuck them away. 
use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion of faith. We talked about that back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Or ministry, some of the gifts are duplicated in, in the list. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministries. And he who teaches, in teaching. He who exhorts, in exhortation. He who gives, with liberality. He who leads, with diligence. And he who shows mercy, with cheerfulness. The gift of giving, I like to describe this gift as the supernatural ability and desire to give to God and to give to others. The supernatural ability to give to God and to give to others. Now, obviously, we all should be Christians who are giving Christians. All Christians need to give. All Christians need to tithe. I believe all Christians should have tithe and offerings. We should all be giving Christians because Christ gave, and that's why we should give. But that's not what's being talked about here. What we're talking about here is a supernatural ability from God to give to God for the work of God and for the blessings of others. We're talking about a spiritual gift of giving. Now, as you know, you've heard a ton of sermons on giving. I'm sure you have. And there is a ton of verses in the Bible on giving. There is so much in the Bible written on the subject of giving. But this morning, I thought I'd simply give you six principles on how we should exercise this gift of giving. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure you can find more. But what I like to do is just give you six that I think are important of how we should exercise this gift of giving. Number one, if you're a note taker, this gift should be exercised discreetly. Number one, discreetly. Jesus gave some very important instructions on the Sermon on the Mount on how we ought to give. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Jesus said, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men, to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will himself reward you openly. In other words, Jesus says, when you give, you're not to do it in an ostentatious or showy way. Now, believe it or not, that might sound ridiculous, but some people do. They give for a lot of reasons. And people might see how spiritual they are. People might see how giving they are and look at them. Oh, you're so giving. You're so godly. Don't do it in an ostentatious and showy way. Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, obviously, I think you understand this. It doesn't mean when you give, hide your left hand behind your back so your right hand doesn't see it. If you knew that, say amen. All right, that's most of y'all. That's a good place to start. It doesn't mean like, you know, hide it in the left hand, don't look, you know. 
That's not what he means. He simply means don't do it in a way for people to be seen. Don't go to the offering boxes on the back wall in, in, here in the sanctuary and, 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 and sound the trumpet while you're writing your check. You know, come on, come all, watch me write my check. Here it is. Look at all those zeros. You know, and everybody, I want you to see, or you wait till the crowd of people are walking by and you go, And people go, oh, did you see that really big check they wrote? No, don't do that. The Bible says you are to give, and it's totally and clearly apart from drawing attention to yourself or to your gift. Now, oftentimes, a person who has this gift of giving, they also have the gift and ability to acquire wealth. I think there are some people like that. There are some people, not, not all the time, but there are some people who have the gift of giving, but they also have an ability to make money. You ever meet people like that? They just can make money. I mean, they can make money out of pocket lint. I mean, they collect enough of it and they make a sweater. You know, and then they, they, they market it. Before you know it, you got Polo Ralph Lauren. I mean, it's unbelievable how some people have the ability to make money. They just have that Midas touch or whatever. And it's these same people, though, that understand that they have this gift of giving. And this gift of giving, as God has given them the gift, and God has also given them the ability to make money, they understand that the work of God is to be financed through what God has given them. And they love doing it. And they breathe to do it because it's a gift from the spirit. Just like me, my gift is teaching and I love to teach the Bible. I love it. Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in my bones. And that's how I feel about the gift that God has given me. Most certainly you feel the same way about the gift that God has given you. So it is true of those who have a gift of giving. They just got to give. They give and they give and they give because they know that this money is going to further the work of the kingdom. And so they feel it necessary to do it. Don't let your giving be done where people can see, Jesus said. Number one, discreetly. Secondly, the gift should be exercised. Here's a biggie. According to ability. Now that's a biggie. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 10. Listen. Then you shall keep the feast of weeks to the Lord your God with the tribute of a freewill offering from your hand, which you shall give as the Lord your God blesses you. Ability. And then if you jump down to verse 17 of that same chapter, it says, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. And then you fast forward to 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, chapter 16, verse 2. On the first day of the week, Paul said, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections, Paul says, when I come. Your giving should be according to ability, and no two people are required to give the same amount. And what you give should be between you and the Lord. You should give according to your ability. Now, we hear quite a bit about on television and various, I mean, some, 
I, I want to say, I, I want to say sometime in the past, I read of a church that for a tithe and offering, and maybe you've been there, and, um, and maybe if this is your home church, by no means feel offended, or I just feel that this is a problem, where people give and they take tithe and offering on your credit card. Now, have you heard of that? Yes, you could turn on the TV any given time. Listen, you need to be tithing. And you need to be giving to God. And I don't care what your need is. I don't care what your situation is. If you're not tithing, God is not going to move in your behalf. Therefore, you need to tithe. And if it means put it on your credit card, God will give you the money to pay off your credit card. They say, I don't see that as being as giving according to ability. Why? Because that's not your ability. That's Visa and MasterCard's ability. Amen. Amen. Hello. Good grief. And then what happens is you, you give, you charge it, you, you charge a tithe and offering, and what happens? You wind up paying for that tithe for the rest of your life because you get the interest and you keep paying on it and paying on it and paying on it and paying on it. That's ridiculous. Now, if you do this at home, I, I don't mean to offend you, but I just don't see that as giving according to your ability. I see it as putting people in debt. And I don't see that as of the Lord either. Now, here at Calvary Chapel, we don't pass the plate. If you've been here for several weeks For a couple of months, you know you've probably been waiting for us to pass the plate, and we haven't done it yet. And you're like, your checks are building up. Well, I had a meeting with a sister and a brother who are just wonderful, wonderful people. And and, uh, she was saying to me, they, they came in, and they were considering making Calvary Chapel their church home. But before they did that, they wanted to get some questions answered. And so the brother and sister, they came in, and, and both of them had a, a long list of questions, y'all. And uh, I said, well, we're going to be here for a while. And, uh, but they had some questions, and these are kind of people, you know, some people are just, you know, very, you know, detailed. They got to get stuff together. And that's how this couple, wonderful, godly people. And she said, she, she finally said, you know, she looked a bit uncomfortable about it. She says, you know what? She says, she says, how in the world do people tithe here? She says, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not in the, it's not in the bulletin that you don't pass the plate. I mean, how in the world do people tithe here? And, 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 you know, and I, and I told her, I said, well, we don't pass the plate. There's, there's boxes on the back wall. She said it's not in the bulletin. So and I've actually corrected that because today, the first day in your bulletin, don't look there now. Everybody wants to check right now. Everybody's like. There it is. Today, the first day, the, the, there's a little comment. Don't check there right now. Don't you people listen? It's a comment in the bulletin that, you know, if you have tithe and offering, you feel so led. Then, you know, then the boxes are on the back walls of the sanctuary. Don't look now. All right. And they're there for you to just give. But, but we don't take up an, an offering here because, one, 
I mean, not that it's sinful or whatever. If you come from a church, this is not a Calvary distinctive either. I mean, you go to other Calvary chapels, they take up an offering. That's just fine. That's good. Praise the Lord. That's great. But we don't do it because when we first started the church, we started trusting the Lord then. We saw God blessing us. We saw God taking care of us. And we just said, look, let's just put the box on the back wall and be done with it. And people will just give as the Lord, the Holy Spirit will put it on your heart to give no pressure. Listen, no pressure. I don't like pressure. I came from a church where there was pressure. I came from the Church of God and Christ, Holiness Pentecostal Church, y'all. And let me tell you, you ain't felt no pressure until you've been to my church, all right? And it was unbelievable. I mean, uh, Sunday morning service, they would take up three offerings. It's the truth. Pastor played three times. And then they would take the money in the back and count it, and they would come back out and say, You Christians. You need to be ashamed of yourself. That offering was despicable. Yeah, it was disgraceful. That offering, now we are going to take up a fourth offering. <laughs> and the Lord is showing us, they would say, the Lord is showing us. And I'm not, I'm not kidding you. The Lord is showing me that there are 10 people here who are going to give $100. And I say, well, the Lord must be showing you that about them because he ain't told you that was going to be me. <laughs> That, that's for them. The Lord's showing you the person next to me is going to give a hundred bucks. You ain't talking to me. That ain't, that ain't God, man. I'm sorry. That ain't the Lord. But and then they're taking up money and pressuring people, pressuring people. Listen, no pressure, no pressure whatsoever. If you don't want to give to the Lord, you shouldn't give to the Lord. I mean, really, there should be no pressure. I mean, I mean, coming into church, how often have we seen you come in the church building in the lobby? They have the big money monitor. You ever seen that thing? And it just keeps rising every week. And, you know, if it ain't rising, they'll tell you now, you despicable Christians. The money monitor's not rising. You know, and that kind of pressure. You know, I was reading this story. heard the story of an old black preacher down south who was preaching a great sermon to his incredibly vocal and interactive congregation. And he said, <laughs> he said, brothers and sisters, ha. He said, you got to crawl before you walk. Well, the congregation responded, let us crawl, preacher, let us crawl. Well, the preacher responded, brothers and sisters, you got to walk before you jump the congregation responded, let us walk, preacher, let us walk. The preacher responded, brothers and sisters, this church needs to fly. This church needs to fly. The congregation responded, amen, amen, amen. Let it fly, brother, let it fly. Well, the preacher said, brothers and sisters, before it flies, I got to take some money. The congregation responded, let us walk, preacher, let us walk. <laughs> No pressure. Give according to your ability. No pressure. Well, not only give discreetly and according to your ability, but also thirdly, if you're taking notes, you should give willingly. That's a biggie. We don't have time to look at all the verses this morning. I've got a ton of them, but I'll just give you a couple so you can go away and do your homework. Exodus chapter 25, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. For there is first a willing mind. It is accepted according to what one has, 
and not according to what he does not have. And then we should read the next point, not only willingly, but this next point goes hand in hand. The gift of giving should be exercised cheerfully, cheerfully. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity for read it with me, you guys, for God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful in the Greek language, it means hilarious. God loves it when you just write your check and give hilariously. It just means hilarious. I mean, it means, it means deep, 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 man. It means hilarious. It means with joy. It, it means with, with excitement we are to give cheerfully. In other words, have great joy in giving to the Lord. It should be something that you do cheerfully. And if you don't want to give to God, listen, you shouldn't. And if you don't give joyfully and cheerfully, you should not give. Do not give money if you don't do it cheerfully. Now, I know some of my preacher friends will be dying right now. They were like, why would you tell them that? Are you out of your mind? No, I'm not out of my mind. I'm completely sane. I think it's biblical. If you don't give cheerfully and joyously like God, I'm giving you my tithe. God, I'm giving you my offering. And Lord, if I had more, I'd give you that too. If you can't give with that heart, and you shouldn't give because God does not need your money. God does not need your money. This church does not need your money. Although we'll gladly take it. But we don't... Oh, that was my other self. I'm sorry. Stop it! God does not need your money. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.